0: do i just slandered them because i know nothing about them and i've brought rosie into my world and i've told her something about them that is slanderous to them so when she looks at them now she sees there's something wrong with those people because my dad said they're drinking at 11 o'clock and that's morally wrong or whatever the, the case is that's so quick and i've drawn her in and then she if they do anything if they drop a beer bottle then she's going to be like well <laughs> drunk at (laughs) 11, kind of people, you know, and then their character has been, there's been a a shadow cast on their character, because of careless words from my mouth, which were a little joke, and was so quick, and then you take that example, and you take it into the context of church, and you go, what if I was sitting at a restaurant with my family celebrating a birthday, and I was drinking a glass of wine? And what if someone sees me and someone goes, I saw Dylan drinking wine. I think he drinks too much. Okay, well, that might be your opinion, but I know that I don't. And you go to, to Julian and say, yes, Dylan actually drinks quite a bit, eh? He was actually a bit drunk. Though <laughs> was a bit drunk. And I know I wasn't. What 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 have you just done? You slandered me. You haven't come to me going, hey, Dylan, like, what are your thoughts on drinking alcohol? Like, you know, wh- what are your thoughts biblically on it? So now the next time you come to the meeting, you're like, well, I've got some dirt on Dylan. Or I've got a little bit of a shadow in my heart towards Dylan. So when Dylan says something now, I'm not actually fully going to trust what he's saying because I don't know if I can trust him. And then it, Julian comes to the meeting and goes, yes, Dylan told me that about Dylan. Oh, I don't know, eh? So when Dylan calls me to do something, I don't know if I'm going to do that. Like, And then he tells the next person, and the next person, and the next person, and the next person I'm calling, I'm coming to church and there's no one here. Why? Because you all think I'm a raging alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but it happens, right? And immediately there's just unity. And unity is gone. Where there's no unity, there's no blessing. Broken telephone. My man (laughs) Black. Guys, we need to be slow to speak and quick to listen. This is a fundamental of the faith. This is I'm teaching you a fundamental of the faith and of church. Because then you need to ask yourself why why are we doing these things if we are? Are we doing them to elevate ourselves? To make ourselves feel better by putting someone else down? Is there a weakness inside of us, a brokenness inside of us that's causing us to do this? And I've only just spoken about slander. I could probably speak the whole night. There's the whole bunch. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, anger, wrath. Let's talk about obscene talk. <laughs> no, let's not. <laughs> but it's really, right? Paul's warning us. He's warning us because these things distort unity and, more importantly, love in the church. And Peter understands the importance of this because he he not only presents the problem in in 1 Peter two one. he he talks about what these things are, but he he goes on then to present what the antidote is to all of this stuff. And it's a lot simpler than you think. Because in Christianity, often there's one answer to every problem. <laughs> love deeply. Love deeply. Leave behind the things that were there when you were in the world and outside of Christ and love deeply. And Peter tells us this throughout the book of 1 Peter. He says three times. He says, 1 Peter 2:22. Since you have purified your souls by obedience to the truth, that you have a genuine love for your brothers, love one another deeply from a pure heart. 1 Peter 3.8, Finally, all of you, be like-minded and sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because of this, you were called that you may inherit a blessing and then he goes on again and this time with greater emphasis with massive emphasis he says this above all above all love one another deeply this is all in the same book this is i mean you're getting the sense that peter this is a theme for peter he's like guys church love one another deeply and this is why Love one another because love covers over a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without complaining. Love covers a multitude of sins. We all know that passage. In fact, a better translation is, above all things, make sure your love towards one another is intense. And that's just your, just your spouse and your kids. That's me, Dylan. Make sure my love is intense towards Rod. Make sure my love is intense towards Thorin, which is a bit more challenging. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes? I love Thorin. <laughs> Make sure my love is intense towards brothers why because love covers a multitude of sins love should always be our default and this whole this whole thought process is echoed in Proverbs ten twelve. hatred stirs up strife but love covers all offenses now what I'm driving at here is when you love someone intensely There's very little space for the rest of the stuff, the envy, the deceit, the malice, to crawl into your heart. Because you are so dedicated and intense with your love for that person. It's very hard for me to stay angry with my wife for days on end because I love her intensely. And if there's something in my heart against her, I go to her and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm feeling this thing. I'm really annoyed with you. Like, you keep telling me this stuff. (laughs) You keep telling me what to do. No I'm joking. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> but the love that we have for one another covers a multitude of sins. And to cover means to forgive. So if you see your your, your brothers doing something, you cover that by loving them and forgiving them. Because it's, it's forgiveness is always associated with love. We think the the most perfect example of this is love covers a multitude of sins. Is Christ, perfect Savior, without sin, goes to the cross to die for your and my sin. And he covers our sins. Why? Because of love. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Love covers a multitude of sins. And when we see that and when we see the example that Christ set for us, then there's very little place in our hearts to be casting shadows and speaking about other people in the church or the church of, or with which Christ died and his blood covers them as well. There should be no place in that sense when we look at what Christ has done, when we see what he's done for us, that we would then go, well, I think that about that person. I'm going to tell other people. Because where there is love, there is no place for malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Or well, you go, well, where do you get that from? Well, there's this famous passage in Scripture, which whenever I do weddings, it's the last passage I ever tell couples about. I'm like, let's talk about this one, and that, and then like, then inevitably the, the couple goes, you know that Scripture goes, love is... I know that one, First Corinthians 13. There's no place for those things because love is patient, love is kind, doesn't envy, does not boast, is not proud, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not easily angered. And this is a great one for all of us to always remember. It keeps no records of wrongs. Remember that time you know. I haven't kept any record of wrong. Because in fact, what would be happening then is going, you're going, well, I've forgiven you, but, and it's like Jesus going, I've forgiven you, but remember. That's not what the word says. He said he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. And so are we called to do that in the church. Love takes no pleasure in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Slander is a distortion of the truth elevate yourself above someone else and to make someone else feel less. Guys, it's dangerous. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And when we all got married, we had that at our our weddings and we all said, yes, we'll do this forever. And then 18 years down the line, we're still working through the first two. Patient and kind. (laughs) Hiker's very patient with me, <laughs> and I'm very kind. <laughs> 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 My question is this, and uh, this is a hard question, and uh, this is this is, it, it is quite a sobering preach. I get that. It's not. But if you find yourself where you are constantly uh, your heart is against or turning against people or you casting doubt on people or leading people astray with regards to what you're saying, are you in the love of Christ? Or do you understand the love of Christ? Because Psalm 15 says this, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others. (laughs) Casts no slur on others. Like when that taxi driver cut you off yesterday. You, God, that you died for his sins. <laughs> Praise your name, Jesus, that that man would find salvation, Father God. I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Well, 1 Corinthians 13 If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but have not love, I'm only a ringing gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have a gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have absolute faith so as to move a mountain, but I have not love, not I have nothing, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and exult in the suffering of my body, but have not love, I gain nothing. Luke 7, 47, it's one of my favorite scriptures. It says this, therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he is forgiven little who loves little. And so we take this example of love and we apply it to our circumstances. We apply it to our relationships in the church, this, this love where there's no place for anything else, any other deceit or anything else, is, no, there's no place in our heart because of our intense love for one another. By this you will know, they will know that you are my disciples, by your love for one another. Covering is forgiving birthed in love. And when, when I was preparing this, I thought of, you know, what does that mean, like forgiving? Like, yes, I'll cover you. I'll forgive you your sin. Okay. I'll forgive you this time. <laughs> That's my favorite. This time, bro, but next time. And then Jesus comes along. And this is interesting because then Peter comes to Jesus and he says, how many times must I forgive my brother? How many times should I forgive the random? My brother, who sins against me, up to seven times. It's pretty generous. If I sin seven times in my home, Haka forgives me. But I tell you, not just seven, but 77 times seven in one day. Which means, just keep on forgiving. And then the inevitable answer is, well, then I'm going to get hurt. If I keep forgiving someone keeps hurting me because you're telling me to cover, love covers a multitude of sins. So I must keep forgiving them and then I'm going to get hurt. Well, yes, you might. That's quite a hard one to hear. When you're getting into ministry, the, the first thing people tell you is you're going to get hurt and people aren't going to like you. What? So likable, <laughs> I solve all the problems. <laughs> like, even Lance is laughing. <laughs> Lance, we can talk afterwards. Eh? <laughs> but that's part of this journey we walk out as Christians. Is we love covers a multitude of sins. So, if Craig sins against me today, I forgive him. And then maybe he sins against me tomorrow, and then he forgives me, and I forgive him. And the next day, and I forgive him. But let me say this. Love does cover sins, but it doesn't conceal or condone. It's very different. If someone's coming to you going, I'm doing this against you, you've got to forgive me. You're like, hey, yeah, I do. But actually, I'm not going to conceal what you're doing, and I can't condone what you're doing. See, love is not a license for people to be sinful or destructive or divisive. But I need to be clear about that because I think sometimes we um, we forget, and this is something that I find interesting, there's a difference between damaged people and divisive people. Now do you know what I mean by that? Between uh, a wickedness and a weakness. When someone comes in with wickedness, it's like you identify the thing and you deal with it. But so When there's wickedness, I mean w- weakness, you still identify what the what the what the weakness and brokenness is, and then you walk with that person through a journey. You don't just go, "Well, you've sinned again." Eight. <laughs> the kerk. Because I was watching something the other day about a um, a drug addict, uh, you anyway it's a testimonial. But some addicts will relapse sixty times. Love covers a multitude of sins you don't go to that person the first time they relapse and go like you are they come back to the church what is this difference with um, damaged people and divisive people we need to know the difference we need to be able to discern between the difference when people come into the church because damaged people do come into the church do we know that Martin Luther said the church is more like a hospital than anything else, right? And it's, it's designed, in a sense, to be that way. Church attracts broken people because Jesus attracted broken people. Who were the people that weren't attracted to him? The people who thought they had it all figured out. They didn't want to be anywhere near him, but the people who knew they needed him. Jesus says this, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've come not to call the righteous, but sinners. Guys, as a church, we can't be always going, only Christians can come in who look like me. And then we'll all worship and we'll have an awesome word and it will be great. But the sinners, no. Guys are too broken. And here's a, here's a little tip for free church will attract hurt people, and uh, hurt people tend to hurt people. And often while trying to love and help damaged people, we will get hurt and frustrated and want to give up, but that's part of loving people deeply. And that's what the church is called to. And then there's divisive people. And I don't believe that we are called to suffer too long with divisive people. But again, you can't judge too quickly. We have to walk a little bit of a road and see what is actually happening in this person. And how do, we, how, do we, uh, how do we know what their motives are? How do we see what they're doing? Is, 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 this a, is this a brokenness, or is this a divisive spirit that is working actively to divide unity in the church? Titus 3.10 says this. As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful and he is self-condemned. Now, the church has structures and leadership and the Bible instructs us how to to love people and what to do when people are causing division in the church. And that's why part of my job is to do that, right? Is to meet with people and to get a sense and hear from people what is going on in the church and how to walk people through processes. And let me say this, and it's quite naughty, but I'll say it. Just because you think someone is a certain way doesn't mean that they are. The Bible says every truth needs to be established by two or three witnesses. If one person comes to me and goes, Blake is trouble. I'm like, okay. (laughs) But I saw Blake for coffee and it was quite cool. Like we spoke and it was rad. We handed out flyers. Blake is trouble. Okay. Well, I'm going to wait to see if that is a witness and if other people are saying there's a similar witness to that. If not, then I'm going to love Blake because he might have blind spots and he might has, have areas of brokenness that I need to work into. And I am going to love him deeply and intensely with the chance that he'll hurt me. But I don't think he's here to divide me or to be divisive. Divisive person. If many people come and go, this person... I'm seeing something. And as a witness in the spirit, then that's a different way of going, okay, I need to warn you. I need to warn you. And I'm warning you because I want to redeem you. The gospel is always redemptive. Okay. Always redemptive. And we will try our best to bring every single person through. So here are my um, three points. I think you can talk about a community group on Wednesday. (laughs) So just in closing, three points. Leave behind slander, envy, and malice. Love each other deeply. And love covers, but does not conceal or condone. And for this church to work, we need to be maturing, as I said last week, as believers and growing up in the things of Christ and also loving each other deeply and believing the best about each other and keeping no record of wrong so that there's unity in this fellowship and in this body.